Hey, Otis. Uh, mind if we dance with your dates? Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. It's time to start a food fight, cheat on your wife a lot, do a bunch of drugs, dance with a gopher, write a novel, trash that novel, and fall off of a cliff? Oh, yeah. And I guess we got comedy heavyweight, too. Because on this episode of Geeked Up Presents Netflix and Chat, we watched a futile and stupid gesture. I'm Devin Barnes, and with me always is the Henry Beard to my Doug Henny, Liam Whalen. Yo, yo, yo! What's going on? Welcome to the, the show. right now. It's all, don't mind me over here. It's going to get a little softer now any second. I mean, I was just a little bit lower. A little bit lower now. I don't know if you guys knew that was Once me. again, the epic, uh, what is this, Otis Redding? Or who, yeah. who exactly is, because uh, the epic tre- uh, trend continues of killer yeah, Netflix right? and ch- chat intro songs. We've uh, had some good ones. Had some good ones. <laughs> Maybe a Trey Pomentillo. <laughs> pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. Yeah. I'd say the Motown Trey Pomentillo. For sure. For sure. But of course, that uh, song is, uh, you know, made famous. I guess Animal House is what you would think of uh, when you hear that movie. I don't, I don't know, know if it officially made the cut of the soundtrack on a uh, futile and stupid gesture, but yeah. it should have. It should have. <laughs> it should have. There was no song you would really know. That's the uh, maybe one other one you would think of, which we might be hearing later. You <laughs> don't worry about that. Well, I guess there was a couple Animal House songs, but uh, another famous so- uh, song from a movie. P- perhaps coming up shortly or later. For sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> but welcome to the show. Uh, welcome back from our winter break, I'd say. We left you with the two... Happy part- New Year. Happy New Year's. Welcome back. Uh, we left you guys with a two-part Irishman review to hold you over in the meantime. <laughs> exactly. We uh, gave you a little extra time because you had a little bit extra to marinate on. For real. If it's a three-and-a-half-hour movie, you know we're doing a <laughs> ten-and-a-half-hour podcast about it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but definitely thanks, everybody, for checking that out. And then thanks for checking uh, for everybody for checking that out again for part two. As we uh, did a did a two parter for the Irishman, where the first part we kind of talked about, you know, Scorsese and Pesci and Pacino and De Niro and mm-hmm. all of the cast and the and then the hype and the surroundings, and then the second part we actually broke down the official review, the official breakdown <laughs> plot of the movie. Well, I think it's our Netflix first two parter style too, reviews right? and all. I don't think we've ever done a two-part. Yeah, no, that was the first. Our, yeah, that was our uh, in this or first Net- Netflix and chat two-parter, and then first uh, geeked up two-parter since the early days of geeked up when they were all two-parters. Game times, with and game times, and uh, and and ep- podcast episodes coming together. So that's really those were. Yeah, I guess that would, but that was yeah our first two-parter. We've done a lot. This so time. a trip, a trip down memory lane with the two-part Netflix and chatter. I know, it was another, uh, I guess, kind of coincidentally, kind of like happened with the Bandit's time loop uh, 
I forget now. It's been so long. But our trilogy oh, yes. of time loops. That's we're right, now yes. kind of this time, yeah. part was, three of our American history <laughs> tour. <laughs> yeah. Where we uh, our American criminal history. We had the Woody Harrelson, uh, well, it even Kevin s- Costner movie. It started with, we, we ruled the ridiculous six. Oh, that's right. To be yes. an American history crime tale as well. <laughs> For sure. And then went on to the Highwayman with Bonnie and Clyde. That's right. And the hilarious detectives uh, that chased him. Then the Irishman. And then the Irishman with the epic really the uh one of the big movie stories of the year mm-hmm. and uh with the epic cast and just the uh, uh everything that went into the irishman yeah really everything scorsese uh <laughs> if you've ever been in a scorsese movie odds are you were in this movie <laughs> shit if you ever played an italian guy in a movie yeah, odds were that you were in this movie um so yeah definitely and now this one the futile and stupid gesture is the uh, comedy seventies, uh, eighties. Yeah, I guess time we're going history. through history. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. We're moving up the line. <laughs> this one not so much of a crime drama. The next one we're just gonna. Where it's gonna be about us. It's gonna yeah, be a lot. The best of. <laughs> <laughs> a walk through our memory lane. So before we get into this one, though, I want to give a uh, quick special shout out to another podcast out there called the uh, I'm Not Gonna Lie podcast, hosted by. Danielle, I know I'm going to say her last name wrong, Strobel, I think, Strobe, who I've uh, got to just meet the other day, and you know, if you listen to one of her New York episodes, you might hear me a couple of uh, familiar uh, voices here, the parents and from the uh, old from Devin from uh, Geeked from Up might be on there. there. Talking some bar stuff, not so much geek okay, stuff nice, so nice. much, but uh, did you tell him how good uh, the Highwayman was? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you sneak in? You got to check out this arc. Have you seen XOXO? <laughs> oh, you like dancing? Well, I got a movie for you <laughs> and a podcast to boot. But yeah, it's uh, you know, if you ever get a sick, if you don't want to just watch movies or talk geek stuff, she would be, uh, I guess, a break of. She just talks to. Uh, Interesting people, just general talk. Okay, so and, you uh, qualify. People, yeah, I, I can think see, so. I can see why she picked you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just in the right place at the right time. Get to meet a fellow podcaster. Show the love out there. Okay, so nice, nice. Check out. It's on iTunes. Sounds like a cool show, though. Yeah, it's called I'm Not Lying, because I assume when she's off mic, she's <laughs> never telling the truth. So on mic, she's not lying. Anybody who needs to profess how, uh, how honest they're being is a little suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you be the judge. Check out that show. Uh, and just like us, it's on SoundCloud. It's on okay, iTunes. Nice. It's called I'm Not Lying. It's on the cloud. It's, it's on the tunes. But uh, I'm also saying this. If you do listen to the show and the, the New York episode, if there isn't a geeked up uh, shout out there or a Netflix and chat shout out, immediately stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, but uh, So, yeah, check that out. But more importantly, let's check this episode out. Because, uh, you know, we've been back from break, and I think we got a pretty good one for you here. It's always... Uh... Yeah, definitely a, a real interesting one. Definitely a uh, one that I was not familiar with. Yeah. But uh, a real cool subject matter and everything. A cool, uh, very interesting, you know, very interesting tale. Yeah, no, for sure. And kind of like what I said earlier, too, it's... Uh... You know, it's not like we're going through the uh, history, like joking around about that, but it is a comedy biopic. It's not like a crime one, and it's uh, kind of about the guy that uh, started National Lampoons. We know the National Lampoons name, of course, but like again, not all the history that really went behind it. Yeah, like yeah, all for the, sure. like, the main players didn't really know anything names. about. Yeah, no, definitely. There was a lot of, you know, eye-opening revelations. There was some uh, kind of cool inside comedy stories. There was... Uh, For sure. And 
just interesting thing too is that it is a comedy biopic, which you really don't see too much of. Like Tony yes. musician one. That's interesting, actually. Yeah, it's true, actually. Yeah, there's a lot of music, a lot of sports, some sports biopics. There's a lot of sports. Some ones. definitely lots of musician biopics, especially recently. The uh, music biopics have been all the rage ever since Bo Rap, of yeah. course. And you're right. The sports ones are always the underdog ones, though. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, there's never been a Jordan biopic because yeah. he was always the best. At <laughs> <laughs> least there was Ali. Yeah, there was. Uh, yeah, but it's you're right. true. But you're right. It was, it's more, and it's also more like fictionalized ones, like you know, Rocky or the asshole from yeah. the Eagles. Or that, uh, fucking Rudy, <laughs> Rudy, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Space Jam, I don't know. I guess would have been the, uh, you know, he was coming back from baseball to play basketball. It's the closest thing you're going to see oh, to yeah. a Jordan biopic. But I mean, really talking comedy biopics. I can think of a few off the top yeah, no, of my I head. I guess there like, was like uh, I guess there was a Lenny Bruce one that nobody in the world saw. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Dustin that's Hoffman pretty much it, I playing, guess. Um, a... The Man, the Moon. I would say okay, Jim Carrey yes, playing that's a good call. Uh, the Andy Kaufman one with the... Jim Carrey. And then uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's been. Would you count Chaplin with Robert Downey Jr.? <laughs> kind of. I mean, I guess technically Chaplin yeah, was. A... I didn't know that that was a. I didn't know that was. I didn't know that that was a thing. I don't. Yeah. Re- I don't remember that one. Pre Iron Man. Pre Iron Man. <laughs> I mean, I, I we would have been young when that movie came out because I remember I wasn't allowed to see it because there was too many boobs in it. <laughs> so mom would not let me see Chaplin, which I really wasn't trying to see Chaplin at all yeah, until I found really out right. that there was a ton of tits in it. Yeah, I was like, well, now I got to see this. Chaplin. Yeah, your mom might have been onto something on this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. Not a lot of other kind of ones. Also kind of interesting that it's uh, kind of about a figure that people don't necessarily know. Like it's not about Belushi, you know? Sure, yeah, okay. It's about like a kind of a uh, uh, little bit more of a behind the scenes. I guess Doug Kenny's a name that I'm vaguely familiar with and his projects are things that you're definitely very familiar with. But like he's kind of one of the behind the scenes. For sure. You know? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. He's not like the actor or yeah, like if you tell your the director at that, that, you know like what I mean? This is a biopic where you have to tell the, you know, if you tell your average person it's about Doug Kenny. They go, what? Then you go, the guy that made National Lampoon's go, oh, okay. I I know National Lampoon's. So it's not exactly like making, you know, A Man on the Moon, which was about the big star. The big star, of course. Or the Chevy. And I'd say Belushi would be a good, you know, option for another comedy biopic. biopic? Take any dead fat guy. I'll take a John Candy (laughs) or a Chris Farley one, too. (laughs) Yeah, Farley would definitely, or a Kinnison, another dead fat guy. He'd be a good one. (laughs) So make the dead fat guy's biopic. Uh, 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 how about this one? For a Jack dead, Black's playing all uh, of them. Uh, this guy for a dead fat guy, but Rickles, it's a dead fat <laughs> sure. guy. He would be a good one because it'd be little. But he's bit. not like a big fat guy. You know, he's like a little fat guy. Like, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, if true. I was describing Don Rickles, I wouldn't describe yeah, him as like a fat guy. Yeah, list, yeah, <laughs> like little bald, angry guy. But like, yeah, yeah. But he would have a good biopic. He'd get a lot of. You get some of the Rat Pack kind of feel. You know, sure. Him, and the, uh, him, him doing corrupt Vegas activities. You know. But uh, <laughs> like you were saying, though, if you were telling somebody about this movie, and you would tell them like the you know, National Lampoons. Even in that aspect of it, of you know, you hear National Lampoons, I would think of like the vacation movies would be like the first National Lampoons thing I would remember seeing would be yeah, like Christmas sure. Vacation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot yeah. of this too is just like how far back learning about well, how far back us, National Lampoons like a really went. Thing, uh-huh. We like to get into it all the time, especially we got into it a lot with the Sandler episode. Correct. But we're kids from the nineties. 
So we are uh, kind of of that generation of comedy and just especially mm-hmm. of like comedy stars and stuff or National Lampoons, even John Belushi and some of these guys are like names that we've heard and you know what I mean, figures that we're familiar with but we're kind of even, even like Bill Murray and Chevy Chase were in this, we're more familiar with like the late era, the 1990s, yeah. he's already the a superstar, Bill Murray, correct? you know, so and same thing with National Lampoons, like for me, right, National Lampoons is like Christmas Vacation. Yeah, like when you then, think National Lampoons, the first thing you think of isn't going to be like Animal House. Yeah, yeah. Even sure. though it's like beaten to our head. It's, it's supposed to be. be the, the radio show that I never knew yeah, existed. Or the magazine. Or the magazine that I... <laughs> yeah, a lot of it. A lot of it I wouldn't, it wouldn't be. And you're right because, you know, like, they already were famous. Uh, they weren't breakout guys. Shit, Belushi was already dead. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, by the time yeah, I sure. knew about John Belushi, I mean, we were both born he in was what? Dead. We were both born in 83, so yeah, call it like, like 93. We're 10 years old in 93 for the glory days of the Sandler, Mike Myers, Chris Farley exactly. like era of comics and all that. So even we were talking about like even the kind of the 80s SNL guys was like a generation kind of before us. And the 70s were like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, a different no, that's world. True. Where like, the Eddie Murphy's even then, like I... You know, it was new enough where I could go back and watch him, but like I didn't know Eddie Murphy from Forty Eight Hours, or uh, I think like Nutty Professor was like, oh, that <laughs> yeah, guy, yeah. Or, uh, no, for sure. And then for the Lampoons movies as well, like we talked about, it was it was one of my big hot takes, and I guess it was I'm really getting put on trial, uh, <laughs> yeah. put on trial here because it was one of my big hot takes. I'd say in that Sandler episode, but not necessarily much of an Animal House kind of guy. And in that episode, we uh, I, we definitely proclaimed that. Uh, uh, well, I think I said the same thing about uh, Caddyshack. Yes, I said I you were kind of Caddyshack. But we both agreed a... that Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore, <laughs> yeah, no. way better than Animal House and Caddyshack. <laughs> no doubt, they're both about. <laughs> school and they're both about golf so that's kind of the generation that we're coming from for so for this uh, uh, so from that aspect this kind of was a little bit of a learning you know experience in a lot of ways yeah like just the whole you know radio even though that they had a radio that bill murray and john belushi were doing you know wacky like sketch comedy and some like old-timey style radio yeah i mean that's what gotta youtube that and see what the hell you know what i mean that's what's so crazy to me too is that it was that uh and we'll talk about it later on when we do the actual breakdown but how a lot of them all work together pre SNL that like National Lampoons like made a lot of these guys, yeah, yeah, for sure. which is mind blowing to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, that, that was like watching this and learning SNL about it. was just totally a ripoff. Especially of, like uh, Christopher Guest was a big uh, <laughs> blew my mind. But for Bill Murray, and I did like that was one of the things that I felt very jealous of missing out of. Like I would have loved to see like a mid seventies young weird Bill Murray, the comedian, yeah. coming of age. You know what for I mean? For sure, not like for me. I more think of Bill Murray is more the uh, 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 you know nineties Groundhog Day. Of course, you know Kingpin, probably my favorite Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah. But how about I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a quick impromptu? Oh boy, I here guess we go. The game time song, but uh, game a, very, time. <laughs> a very quick impromptu for you. Uh, uh, who's your Bill Murray, a celebrity go to guy? We'll say, okay, where... I will say this, and this just goes in my geek nature, too, because you know, being with the show and who we are. But 
really like I as a kid was obsessed with uh, the Ghostbusters. You know what I mean? Okay, of course. The cartoon first because I was a kid, and when I found out it was like a real movie yeah. too, like real people, I was fucking blown away by it. So Bill Murray, of course, yeah. is like Ghostbusters. To okay, me. for sure. Being no, old, Ghostbusters one or two, uh, I mean, obviously two. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the Kristen Wiig one, of course. Uh, but uh, I mean. Like you said, Groundhog Day. Then getting older and like kind of like, what about Bob? Is like another hilarious one. And then Groundhog even when Scrooge. we get, I mean, just talking Bill Murray because actually, if you're if you're gonna go celebrity go to guy for me, actually, that just kind of I, I was uh, obviously thinking Kingpin in my head. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, even he really did have such like it's tough to now in 2020 think of Bill Murray without kind of the Wes Anderson association. Yeah. And just like the last you know decade plus or, or even the, I guess uh, this point, 20 years Sophia of his Coppola movie he made. Uh, Lost I think it was like, yeah, Lost in Translation. Yeah, that was great, like an Oscar nominee. Yeah, it's a for sure. fucking great movie. Great movie. Great but movie. it's not like Where the Buffalo Roam, Bill Murray, <laughs> where he's running around playing yeah. Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which is like, I definitely loved that movie when Bro. I was going through my Hunter S. Thompson exactly, phase. Exactly. Like, <laughs> when that was you like, too? Yeah. I thought I was the <laughs> yeah. only uh, When someone <laughs> turned that movie or... onto me and was just like, you yeah, let Fear and Loathe. Have you ever seen Where the Buffalo yeah, Roam? Yeah, dude, huge Buffalo Roam fan. But I mean, in that same aspect, since the way I'll throw you one, who's your... Chevy Chase Hollywood go-to guy. Oh, okay. Good call for me. I mean, we just brought it up a little bit earlier just with the lampoons. I guess kind of ironically, mm. I'd still probably celebrity go-to guy him in the lampoon world. But for me, pretty much exclusively with uh, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. For sure. Okay, because uh, uh, I've seen... Christmas Vacation, I've seen uh, um, European Vacation, yeah. and then of course Vegas Vacation, which is like the la- the last of them, but Mr. I Papa don't know if still a good seen one. the original Vacation, okay. and by no means loved European Vacation. European Hold... Vacation is historically the worst yeah, one. Yeah, that's kind of The original Vacation, though, I just watched it again recently, like it was on like TNT or something, and I was watching it. Okay. But it still holds up, man. It's still <laughs> like just... Chevy Chase if you like Chevy Chase in any of those movies then you're gonna like him in this but it's like the original one it's before Beverly D'Angelo became Babs on Honorage (laughs) it's uh the first one's pretty the first first one one still holds up the first one holds up uh, so for me it's definitely I do go uh, you know I do do go the Griswold from uh National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. I guess other than that, though, for me, Chevy Chase, I'd maybe go even like Three Amigos. Or, of course. You know, uh, which I forgot. Again, I wasn't even going to say Three Amigos. <laughs> which is, again, an 80s movie, kind of like you said with Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. But even for us, these guys are still like the 80s movies might be a little bit more accessible than the 70s stuff. For sure. For like relatability. Because I don't go Caddyshack. You know what I mean? Like, Not that's, at all. That would be far down my personal Chevy Chase list. Okay. Because to me... I like would Dirty also take work. Christmas Vacation. The, the doctor a, uh, from Dirty Work. Yeah. <laughs> the degenerate gambler uh, doctor from. I would also say Christmas Vacation would be yeah, like the I first mean... Chevy Chase one I've seen. But I was also remember really, really liking Chevy Chase, like thinking he was really funny, and maybe not going so far back into the back catalog of like watching Fletch. Okay, you know, Fletch, Fletch is good, good, yeah, Fletch is good. But really watched all of those like that era Chevy Chase movies, like Funny Farm. Okay, was a very funny Chevy Chase movie, but I think it's not <laughs> held in a high regard. Yeah, yeah. But to like ten year old me, it was just his goofy antics. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. Physical comedy, nothing but trouble with uh, Dan Aykroyd. 
Lloyd and John Candy. And Nothing but trouble. Yeah, with Tupac Shakur's first movie. Actually, he's with <laughs> Digital Underground in it. Wow, but good. it's a really weird, good call. bonkers movie. But again, I think it's like Demi Moore's in it. I think it's critically like terrible. Yeah, but yeah. like remember loving Not it. Not regarded as being a younger because comedy. I thought classic, Chevy but... Chase was like hilarious. It wasn't until like, and that's another '80s style Chevy Chase for sure. I think that might even be early '90s. Okay, see, but uh, it wasn't until like you know now liking Chevy Chase is kind of taboo because you find out like what an asshole <laughs> yeah, he is, and like him being on the whole set of Community, on the set of Community, like got fired from that because he would just walk around still like throw yeah, his the like N-word personal opinion, <laughs> like his, yeah, crazy. his personal image definitely like ruined his career, especially as a comedian. You don't want to like laugh along and think of him as mm. the lovable guy, you know. But he always was like that. You just didn't know because again, too no, young yeah, and didn't sure. care. Like he left SNL after one season because he was just like, well, I'm clearly the best one here. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you did always hear that the uh, Caddyshack set was always that was like a Hollywood rumor that it was you know very crazy partying and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But as a kid, it didn't really didn't really add you know you didn't really think much about it or you know it didn't really make sense to you but yeah exactly the only thing i really remember from caddyshack was the dancing gopher until <laughs> i was like old enough to watch the movie and just be like nah. <laughs> yeah all right i get it but i'd say for me the uh uh, uh national uh, chevy chase both of us kind of going uh national lampoon's christmas vacation as the chevy chase celebrity go-to guy kind of a microcosm for the national lampoon's franchise in in general for sure because for me you know like we just said that that's kind of you know uh like what we would rank as a comedy classic even over an animal house and i think the fact that it's a christmas movie mm-hmm. definitely has a huge factor in that because it's, it's the like, only one where they don't go on vacation oh, also throw it out there yeah, the vacation yeah. is brought to them <laughs> But the movie's great. There's sure. fucking a but lot of great... But the fact that it's a Christmas movie kind of forces you into watching it every year. Sure, there's okay. there's like a reason to watch What About Bob every year, you might be like, God damn, What About Bob is fucking hilarious. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, to re-remind yourself every year, you know? So I think that helps a little bit with... Uh, with uh, Christmas, Christmas vacation, vacation as sure. opposed to Animal House, but for us, I'd say that you know when you look at the other National Lampoon's movies, mm-hmm. uh, all right. Uh, of course, it all starts off with Animal House was first. Uh, okay, that was in '78, and then in '82, four years later, they do the uh, a sequel with Class Reunion. Okay. Okay, which I assume is a analyzed sequel. I don't think it is. Not really familiar, but I don't think it is. I looked that one up a okay, little bit so earlier too. I think it's just uh I'm not really sure what it is, but I don't think it's a because I skipped a lot of the ones. I uh was just looking at the vacation uh, the Lampoon movies and really after Animal House, the next like big uh the next movie big they hit made would be Vacation. vacation. Yeah, the original yeah. Vacation. Cause, uh, because uh Because also Kind of stunned to learn that um, Caddyshack isn't a lamp is not a Lampoon's movie. Which yeah, we'll talk we about which in the movie. You find out in the movie, but another thing you found out, and I was like kind of looking at the lists earlier, and I was like, See, I didn't Caddyshack's even really like for me that was such a not even part of my thought. Like uh, uh, it was almost more of like, oh yeah, Animal House was a National Lampoon's movie. You know what I mean? Like I don't mm. think of Animal House since it's not with the Griswolds. Sure, I don't sure. like associate that with National <laughs> Lampoon's as much. I associate that more as like a Belushi movie for sure than you know an, uh, than a, a National Lampoon's movie. 
So you're right. So the first big hit would be Vacation. Then really, it's kind of all vacation movies. Also, how that, come you know, Chevy Chase wasn't in National Lampoons? <laughs> or any of them, really? You would figure since that was their big... I mean, uh, in Animal House. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'd figure besides uh, Belushi, like none of the real... Uh, the original Lemmings were in it, if you will. <laughs> but yeah, Vacation would be the next big one on that list. And then really they were all the vacations because then mm-hmm. it was, you know, uh, a joy of sex wasn't anything, you know. That was that very famous movie Madness, nothing that was very big, you know. Then uh, they do, uh, of course, European Vacation and Christmas Vacation in 85 and 89, respectively. And then they get all the way to 19... 19- when was Christmas Vacation? 89? 89, yeah. Yeah, that tra- okay, that makes sense. Yeah. What so that was like, you know... Yeah, 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 I guess to take it through the years, it was Vacation in 83. And then European Vacation in 85, then Christmas Vacation in 89. Mm-hmm. And European Vacation was, you know, like you said, thought of as... as uh, Not the funniest. The kids are very yeah, annoying in that one. It was one. like a step down. So it was, you know, four years after, kind of like a miss, mm-hmm. got him back into it. But then Loaded Weapon, if you remember. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The, like, you know, uh, Buddy Cop spoof with Emilio Estevez. Yeah, and I mean, it's yeah, Lethal Weapon. Uh... Yeah. But uh, uh, so that was in 92... That that you know that that was uh, that loaded weapon came out I think ninety two so you're getting and then that was pretty much you know up until Van Wilder well, then Vegas Vacation I think oh, was I before Vegas Van vacation. Wilder yeah Vegas Vacation was in the late nineties but again was Vegas Vacation really you know a smash hit it was like kind of, I mean obviously it's not as big as like Christmas Vacation or Vacation. But you think back on it, there's some good, there's some good, uh, there's some good stuff in Old <laughs> Vegas good, Vacation. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, but it was not like a smash hit, you know. Like even Van Wilder, no, no was one ever really like talks a... about Vegas Vacation that you would. Yeah, but Van Wilder is one of those ones that you forget is a Lampoon's movie. That's true. Yeah, yeah, but kind of... it very much is. Yeah, for sure. And then they based a lot of other, you know, uh, uh, I guess really. And then looking at it since Van Wilder, another kind of interesting fact about the Lampoon's crew. But since Van Wilder in 2002, they've put out like 25 different <laughs> yeah. nameless, horrible productions where when you look at like the 20 years before that, even though they were mostly the vacation franchise, but, you know, between Animal House uh, uh, and a couple of those vacation movies, you've got like, you know, a handful of blockbuster smash hits and then over the last 20 For years sure. they've I'd had like just ben nothing Wilder but straight to one. dvds you know like yeah that was in theaters and all of them are too like the uh boner patrol and yeah, yeah. uh spanky they and the ass sound, girls yeah, like yeah, sure. they're all just like they all sound like porn. same theme where it's just like college kids trying to get laid and seeing titties <laughs> like all right yeah, yeah i think what uh American Pie, I think, went down that same route too, where they had like okay, the American true. Pie movies, they, which like, like the main actors that went into until... the theaters, and then there was well, they like did a lot of those just regular bad American Pies. Yeah, exactly. Those movies <laughs> sucked. with so many into the theaters after like five American Pies, they just started franchising them off to yeah. other. And it was still American Pie, but like the Naked Mile, yeah, sure, yeah. the Virgin Patrol. But I think Eugene Levy is in all of them, though. It's <laughs> like I'm Jim's dad from their first movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, I guess. Yeah. Look how hairy my eyebrows are. <laughs> but I can't think of, uh, yeah, I think besides like the American Pie movies, but yeah, it really, you can, I think we even joked around about it years ago in one of the earlier Geeked Up podcast episodes, how 
We were talking about if we really wanted, we could pay National Lampoons enough money to slap a National Lampoons <laughs> yeah, title true. on the Geeked Up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really did hit that part where they just uh, hit that point where they were just like, "Fuck it, yeah, yeah." Just really anything that you know was getting schlepped with the the National Lampoons franchise title. But speaking of National Lampoons title, should we get into uh, this biopic about the National Lampoons? Give you the official IMDb breakdown of this thing? Uh, I feel like that sounds like a, uh, a smart and purposeful idea. And uh, <laughs> I think we're trying to be stupid and futile, so maybe we putz around about, uh, <laughs> about Chevy Chase movies for another... All right, all right. <laughs> So, Funny Farm, he has a dog <laughs> called Yellow Dog, and then the second one's called Asshole. <laughs> I'm telling you, check out Funny Farm, it's hilarious. But, alright, we will get to a few What was the one, not Funny Farm, but it was the other, uh, there was Christopher Lloyd was in it, and it was about, like, the, uh, nut hut that went to the Yankee game. Oh, yeah, like, Michael Dream Keaton. Team. Yeah, yeah, Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. Yeah, yeah, Dream Team. That was a good one. That was I think Dan DeVito's in that, too. And if I'm Dan not mistaken... I don't remember. I'm pretty sure he is, because if I'm not mistaken, too... They're both also in uh, Cuckoo's Nest. Not to go deep okay. dive down this That's rabbit it. hole, but... Where was Jack? He died. All right, maybe we can get into the movie. Uh, all right, all right. This is called One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> oh, I said that wrong. But, uh, all right, so the title is, like we said, a stu... Uh, shit, I keep saying this backwards, too. A... Futile and stupid gesture. Yeah, I stupid and futile is a little bit more natural, just because yeah. stupid's a word that we're much more uh, used to using. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't have to focus so hard on it. <laughs> Didn't have to look up on. Uh... I got the stupid part down, but this came out in uh, 2018. Okay, and I remember. Uh, well, I'll actually talk about that later. But I remember wanting to watch this when it first came out, and did it get around to it? And then by the time I remembered to watch this, we already started doing this podcast, okay, and I, I didn't want to have to watch it twice in case we pulled it, <laughs> which we ended up doing. Yeah, really. So, But 2018, so I guess yeah, as of now, two recent, years yeah. old. 2020, y'all. I mean, well, we're just fresh into 2020. For all we know, this came out in November of 18, so anywhere from uh, 13 <laughs> to 22 months old. But All right. All right. <laughs> but relatively uh, relatively Yeah, it's a recent. newer one. Yeah. And, you know, Will Forte is kind of the uh, the star, so it, it feels a little bit more contemporary, you know? But I guess, let's be honest, every Netflix movie is... Uh, you know, there's no, like, this Netflix original was in 1988. <laughs> well, I think we pulled a couple of, like, 2016s anyway. True, didn't true. We? Yeah, I think uh, that stupid Braveheart one was uh, <laughs> pretty early on. But uh, it's rated. I'll let you guess it. I'm, 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 I'm hoping for TVMA, but... Yeah, you're nailing TVMA. <laughs> because, again, I think we've cracked the code on this one. The ones that aren't for theatrical release... Are uh, don't get the real ratings. Okay, so you know what I mean. Because I think if we're looking back now, Irishman, Roma got real ratings. I think everything else didn't. Yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, XOXO had a <laughs> PG thirteen on there, but its runtime was an hour and forty one minutes, which is uh, nice and tidy. Yeah. nice and tidy. I liked it. I liked it. It's as, as well. A couple minutes, a minutes, uh, a couple minutes wasted with the post credits. So <laughs> yeah. really plays more like an hour thirty-five. And plus, they really missed their mark on the uh, what they're all up to now part of the uh, very Animal House. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, ending. that's right. Why not? <laughs> uh, it's categorized as like we've said, a biography slash comedy. Or a comedy biopic. Yeah, biopic would be good enough, I'd say. <laughs> it's a uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. This one is uh, interesting. 
Uh, I think we might have talked about it when we gave you a little preview for this, but uh, critically, it was a 67% and audience score is 71%. Making okay. this movie officially fresh, which is uh, rare for these Netflix movies. Is seventy-one percent fresh? Yeah. On the, I think it's uh, the anything below. Meter? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Just barely fresh. Yeah. But <laughs> it's fresh. You can still eat it. But as that goes for us, uh, all yeah, the movies no, we like, watch, uh, a fresh like, is a, that, that, a fresh is a Oscar fresh winner for yeah. a Netflix and Chad movie for that's sure. That's a big literally time. twice as high as uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, 67 times higher than um, Ridiculous 6, critically. <laughs> that was a big goose egg on uh, the critically acclaimed. Yeah, and a lot of them in the 30s and 40s. Uh, we are, uh, we're catching a break there. All right. Now, the, their official synopsis is, In the 1970s and 80s, National Lampoon's success and influence creates a new media empire overseen in part by the brilliant and troubled Douglas Kenny. So I'd say founder National Lampoon's biopic. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but they did a good one too. Author of Board of the Rings, <laughs> um, directed by David Wayne. So David Wayne. Okay, I know him. <laughs> uh, in Living Color, yeah. uh, Bulletproof. He's uh, a part of your uh, <laughs> score system of these movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hated guy. I got. I got it. Wouldn't have thought Damon Wayne. <laughs> no, David Wayne, who was uh, directed a lot of these. Uh, kind of comedy you see a lot of the same cast with what he does um uh directed wet hot why don't you throw us a why don't you throw <laughs> us a name or something yeah, he was I'm, in uh, i'm really uh, really <laughs> drawn a blank here yeah, we, he's the guy from that thing he's the guy that, uh, judd apatow uh, <laughs> adam Sand, i don't know uh, uh he directed wet hot american summer oh. he got his start on the state with a lot the of these state. other guys yes. uh, okay. he was a writer on viva so variety like a, okay, he had so the show stella comedy. on comedy central okay i see i see he uh Direct a lot of these. You hear him interviewing somebody. But are those pretty much the headliners? The State? And uh, The State was, you know, a very good State's 90s a kind one. of What Hot American Summer is a big one. Uh, role Models. Was more of like a cult kind of thing, though. I don't think that was ever really like ever mainstream popular successful what had sure in summer, no you're you know right I mean? yeah, yeah yeah so but it's still like a cult classic everyone knows stuff, it but it's uh um but you see a lot of the same people in those movies like even role models that he directed with uh stifler and paul rudd okay you know what i mean you see a lot of the people from the state like ken marino okay, and thomas see, lennon see. All these guys are Shut usually up, in so these mafia movies. Mafia style. Exactly. Or... It's the same like guys from the 90s who were in that <laughs> short-lived... Same guys but, like, from the state. And a very like cult classic to the state. Yeah. Like, the state isn't like as popular as like even Mad TV no, for sure. or like... That was SNL. a very weird sketch comedy show from the late 90s. I think uh, it was. only ran probably MTV, a couple like, seasons. Yeah, yeah, MTV it was... wasn't a Comedy Central. It was, mm -hmm. uh... no, only ran like two seasons, but it was super 90s and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know. I remember enjoying it. I can't remember Michael Ian Black. Michael, I, okay, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of them, because the three of them did uh, Viva Variety. I think that was before Reno Nine One One. David Wayne and, yeah, was a big Tom writer on... Was on Viva Variety as well. Mm -hmm. Johnny Blue Johnny, Jeans. Yeah, Johnny, Blue <laughs> Johnny Blue Jeans was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had that show. Stella, uh, the Baxter, a lot of stuff. So he's the director of it, and the cast. There's a big cast in this, but I just kind of wrote down. Uh, like the main guys, and then the some of the other names you might not recognize, 
maybe you would if you were watching the movie you'd recognize their faces. Yeah, it's got a lot of recognizable faces, but I, not a lot of recognizable names. However, but I wrote a lot of them down because of just the people they're playing. They're playing in yes. this movie. There's a lot of yeah, that's true. There's a lot of pe- uh, people on this list because there are some that are recognizable because of the actor. Uh-huh. Then there's some record that are recognizable because of the character. Yeah, the actor that they're playing. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to run through it now. Of course. Uh, Top of the call sheet, it'd be Will Forte playing uh, Doug Kenny, the uh, you know the guy we've been talking about. <laughs> then uh, Martin Mull plays the older, modern day uh, Doug Kenny. Doug Kenny now, but I thought that Doug Kenny now he's playing <laughs> modern Doug, recanting his story. Uh, Donald Gleason uh, is playing Henry Beard. Which was a total mindfuck to me. That ginger whiny bitch from uh, okay, yeah, the, Star Wars. <laughs> like the number two most evil guy. Yeah. Kylo Ren's number two in charge. Yeah. Ginger whipping boy. <laughs> exactly. Turned out to be. Dude, him. You just put a black put a black uh, mullet or put a black, you know, rocker hairdo yeah, on him. Yeah, give him the uh, wig from the kid from Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he not look like the uh, kid who, like, takes Eleven in? He looks like a big, dopey version of that kid. That stupid black moppy hair and the glasses. But anyway, so Donald Gleason plays Henry Beard. Uh, Matt Walsh uh, plays Maddie Simmons, the magazine editor. Thomas Lennon, like I said before, he plays Michael O'Donohue. The last two guys you would know, even if the names you don't. Correct. Faces you would. Uh, then kind of like their main little uh, writing group was Matt Lucas played Tony, Tony Hendra, Natasha Leone played Ann Beats or Betts, Bates, uh, Neil Casey plays Brian McConaughey, Ed Helms plays Tom Snyder, and now here's kind of a cameo kind of role exactly. for Ed Helms there. But then here's kind of where scene. we get to uh, the names of they're more playing a naming because of who they're playing. But John Daly's plays Bill Murray. Jackie Tone plays Gilda Radner. Seth Green plays Christopher Guest. John Gamberling is playing John Belushi. Uh, Rick Glassman is playing Harold Harold Ramis. Here's a great one. Uh, Joel McHale is playing Chevy Chase. (laughs) Which is definitely the the main. Chevy Chase is pretty high on the call sheet himself on this one. Mm -hmm. And Joel McHale significantly more screen time than the other guys. But definitely a very fun aspect of the movie is just all of the character portrayals of all of those actors, like you said. You know what I mean? It's just For fun sure. watching Bill Murray. Somebody play Bill Murray. Bill you know Murray. I mean? Just, just like fun. nail the voice. Yeah. And, uh, and then any potential uh, scene that they go to, it's just like, oh, that was Christopher Guest. Like you're kind of always on the lookout because you never like, know who's going to get, you know. It was very uh, Once Upon a Time of Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then Lenny Ross plays Ivan Ray. Reitman, uh, Eamon Weitzman, Armin Weitzman plays Lauren Michaels. Good uh, cameo for Lauren Michaels. And then uh, Nelson Franklin plays PJ O'Rourke. I just put him down because he was the guy that made the uh, yearbook with him. So he was one of the big writers okay, on the uh, National Lampoons. And then, of course, uh, last but certainly not least, is Emmy Rossum plays, I think, his third final love interest, Catherine Walker. Okay, all right. So, another little, uh... so a big cast, not like The Irishman, where it's 
big names. You're like, oh, this guy. <laughs> but the names, like I said, they're playing. But is, a lot uh, of big names for a Netflix movie. Sure. I mean, especially like Emmy Rossum had a pretty significant point uh, part. Yeah, uh, she Joel did. McHale had a pretty significant part. You know, uh, of course, Will uh, uh, Will Forte had a significant part. So just like yeah. right off the bat, the actual. Donald Gleeson, too. He's a big actor. I mean, I joke around about him being in Star Wars. But yeah, for sure. he's been making a lot of like bigger movies. And same and- thing with the uh, the manager. The dude that I uh, not even I, I I already forgot his name, but he's a face that you definitely you know see all over. Oh, for the place. sure, he had his stint on Veep. Um, yes, exactly. Talk about Matt Walsh. He's yes, one of the uh, yes. founders of UCB, of course. Oh wow, I didn't even realize. Yeah, yeah. and then he's okay, also wow. um, yeah, he had a big uh, run on Veep that series. But and he's then, one of those uh, guys you've seen a lot you've of seen stuff. everything. Mm-hmm. And then Tommy Lennon, of course, from like uh, like we were saying, Viva La Variety, but Viva also Variety, uh, State. He's like the main guy. Also, you- Reno Nine One One, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Officer Dangle. Uh, so he, you know, so there's lots of you know, and then as well, like not mentioned, but there's a pretty brief cameo for the guy that plays Rodney. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he did an even worse impression than I just did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's Rodney. Oh, hey, oh. <laughs> yeah, pretty shitty rodney in the movie but just all sorts of uh all sorts of you know fun characters and you know cameo appearances by actors for sure and they just saying their names too like i was saying saying their names like i was saying it doesn't really do it justice because they are all recognizable faces when you watch like the guy that's playing bill murray definitely seen him in like a hundred background comedy movies where he's but he's recognizable you know yeah but compared to, uh, you know, and again, I guess the last couple of Netflix and chats that we've watched as well, because the Highwayman had a couple of big actors and stuff. Yeah, Harrelson and Compared Cosner, to, yeah. you know, we went through a, like a, a, a huge stretch of these episodes where there was no real famous actors or anything going on. So For sure. This, this is, you know, a pretty, a pretty star-studded cast, I'd say. Agreed. For Netflix and chat standards. Agreed. I would agree with you on that. And I guess with giving you their breakdown and all the players of this thing, should we get into the uh, official Netflix and chat uh, breakdown of this crazy picture? It's time to our rundown, which is going to be, I guess, a little bit of, you know, a different kind of a rundown since it is a little bit more of a docu pick and not, you know, a a dramatized movie. We're not necessarily going to be taking you through the ups and downs of plot twists and turns. For sure. You know. And it's, uh, yeah, that's very true. Kind of things like that or whatnot. And on top of it being like a doc pick, it's also, like we said, a comedy also. So... And also, based on any doc pick as well, I'm kind of assuming, I didn't do my research, but I'm assuming that it's based off of a book, because it's a pretty detailed kind of account, where, mm-hmm. like, you get the feeling that I do in all these document the docu-picks, but, like, a lot of these scenes, you feel must be, like, actual stories that they're like, alright, well, we've got to recreate the time that he did that, For sure. and, like, went out of their way to force it in the movie, you know, so there's, there is a lot of, like, highlights, but we'll kind of run through it, I'd say, a little bit more by, you know, highlights highlight scene and funny moments and hilarious Bill Murray cameos (laughs) as opposed to (laughs) but I guess there was enough of a plot that they're taking you through you know yeah yeah there is because again it's not like a real like documentary it's just yeah but so it opens I guess with like I said Martin Maul playing the old the n- but I now. thought that he's playing <laughs> Doug Kenny now, you know, and he's recanting his more. But I guess we should get into that, though, should we not? Is it? A, is it? A, did we give a Brad Cooper uh, announcement a... in this one? Uh, well, I think we should. Because do. I feel that this is something that you should know. 
Yeah. Especially since you said it last episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when we uh, gave you the synopsis of this movie. I... But one of the things that we – and again, me and Devin, early, even earlier in this episode, we're talking about the fact that we didn't exa- – we don't exactly know the whole National Lampoon story and cast, all For the sure. details. So Devin did mention at the end of last episode when we pulled this one out of the Brad Pitt box mm-hmm. that part of the story is the dude kills himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when the movie opens up with the contemporary Doug Kenny giving you the rundown, you think to yourself, okay, for sure it must have been the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Devin was wrong. Yeah. But if you did your any if you did your research beforehand mm-hmm. or if you know you're watching this movie, where let's face it, most people are watching this movie that are probably National Lampoon's fans. Yeah. So if you're a National Lampoon's fan, you probably you know the story. You know that, you know, uh, I'm gonna just come out and say it. But he's dead. Though he's dead all yeah. along. In a very in sick, mind fuck. But uh, so it's narrated by the older Doug Kenny, mm-hmm. who uh, uh, turns out was never really there. It was you know kind of like a speculative narration, which makes the uh, movie very weird and uh, not very weird, but very interesting in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's a creative choice to uh, have the movie narrated by. Not even by the uh, said dead person, but like a future what if I grew up uh, yeah, yeah. ghost version of yeah, it, too. Yeah, for it's sure. a very weird spin. And also, I kind of liked it. For sure. It, it, that's a very personal touch, speculative touch, because it really puts it into the context of what he would have thought. Like you said, like looking yeah. back and to find out that it's just totally speculative <laughs> yeah. that's, if that's how he would look back on it necessarily. Exactly. So yeah. that was definitely an interesting choice. And I feel like it's uh, uh, just something that we probably, you know, that you should, you know, tell you guys beforehand just because most people probably know like if you're like i said you know if it was the uh, if it was about you know nirvana at the end you're not going to be like holy shit dude kurt cobain kills himself like this is crazy so yeah. it's not you know yeah. a spoiler to throw it out there because you probably should know in advance for you know? sure but it would be a mindfuck if the nirvana <laughs> biopic opens with kurt russell playing the uh <laughs> yeah no it would be really weird kurt cobain you know, yeah for sure and, you know, like uh, that's a little bit speaks to the just generational gap for me and Devin, the fact that National Lampoon's isn't necessarily like near and dear to our heart. Mm. It's like less weird for us than it probably is for a lot of National Lampoon's fans that the whole movie are watching it just through that intimate knowledge that the for narration sure. is going on. No, you're right. If this was an Adam Sandler and it was uh... – a dead David Spade. I would know that from the rib. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If Farley was narrating this, uh... yeah, no, for sure. If they were doing a Phil, like a contemporary Adam Sandler thing, narrated by Phil Hartman, you know that <laughs> yeah. you're going to find out that you know it's just uh, no exactly. word that's exactly. lost on us. Exactly. But... but in that light, he is looking back then because they really, if you didn't know any of that, uh, spoilers. Should I have saved that for the end? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's him like, you know, kind of talking back about how the whole thing started, how the whole uh National Lampoon's craziness all began. And it really starts with him coming from a small town. He says it a million times in the movie, and I can't remember it now to save my <laughs> I'm life. I'm going Sheboygan. Yeah, so it's something like that. <laughs> I don't think it is, but Sheboygan's a very funny-sounding place. So we're going to say it a lot now. Because he says it a lot of times. I'm no, Doug Kenny from is, Sheboygan. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of those things where that must have been something that he always said. Said all the time. Because he yeah. said it all the time in this goddamn movie. But he meets uh, Henry Beard right from the rip at a freshman mixer. 
They're both going to Harvard. He's kind of feels like a loner. Was that Harvard or was that the University of uh, Miami crazy party <laughs> scene raging kegger in the frat house? Yeah, really. Are well, we sure it was? He first meets him at the mixer, though, because they both have silly name tags on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jesus, not that one. Not yeah. that guy. He's like, oh. Yeah, no. It does I have, I have a penis dick. drawn on my <laughs> yeah. name tag. <laughs> now, that's comedy gold right <laughs> yeah. there. But it even just shows uh, right from that rip they meet they get on really quick but even right from the rip it just kind of shows what a fucking crazy person doug kenny is because he's like who's those guys and they're like oh they're the rich elite he's like oh fuck those guys and just throws like a plate of broccoli <laughs> at them you know what i mean and then it shows them then it kind of like the little flash forward shows how popular they became because they were in the uh, harvard national the harvard lampoon the harvard lamp the harvard lampoons they were right in their ma- right funny in magazine the they uh yeah living in the castle <laughs> having a food fight <laughs> at the party but they just wrote yeah, I their love uh, food fights this guy yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ yeah, they're not sure. that fun all right <laughs> I went to high school too all right yeah. something to write a movie about for never food wanted food. to be in one <laughs> um but yeah they write a novel together called the board of the rings the lord of the rings spoof they're popular i mean it kind of shows that they're popular because yeah, they're like, funny like they're comic writers they're in this fun popular pranky, but like think luke wilson and will ferrell old school popular yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. they have their old school montage where they're just crushing 18 year olds and uh, <laughs> yeah. and partying it up but. yeah i mean <laughs> it's very <laughs> random of like how much like sex is implied that Doug Kenny had yeah, yeah. like his whole life no, was the, the, the rock star lifestyle <laughs> yeah. of this nerdy comic writer was, <laughs> yeah from his days of Harvard sure. which was <laughs> from the rip like even <laughs> yeah. like they loved him before he was even rich but I could see in that circle of why they would be the cool outcast nerdy guys, but like <laughs> I'm sure he was the coolest kid in Harvard. Yeah, sure no is. doubt, <laughs> no doubt. But they published the magazine there. It's coming to graduation time, uh, and he convinces Henry to not go to law school, but to uh, take the magazine. And Henry is a very like odd couple style, exact opposite for sure. Kind of you know, uh, uh, much more reserved. His humor is a little yeah. more deadpan, you would say. Exactly. Yeah. Like he gets the joke, but he's just not as crazy as eccentric sure, about it. Sure. Extremely smart. They paint him out mm-hmm. to be. You know what I mean? For sure. Like he could have gone to any law school, and you know, just a genius comedic mind, but not exactly like a charismatic, entertaining kind of figure, and very kind of neurotic and. Uh, you know, yeah, exactly, exactly. They they are total polar opposites, but he does convince him to uh, take the magazine now on a national level. Don't go to any of these follow up big schools. What do you want to wear a suit for a living? What are you crazy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had the old hack. I don't want to wear a suit moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sit behind a desk the rest of your life. <laughs> uh, so they do it. They take it on the road. They go to uh, try and get publishers to uh, finally. Make this thing a national thing, and I think they finally get it with like the Weight Watchers. That follows the Weight Watchers, you know, the classic. A lot of turndowns from the publishers. We don't want to waste your time. Yeah, yeah. But the uh, Matt Walsh, you know, he signs them on to, uh, you know, publish them national wise, and then it kind of shows how they. Uh, Got a lot of these writers, the original writers from the magazine, right? Yeah, that kind of cues like Tommy Lennon and the first wave of uh, 
other, you know, comedic figures that get thrown in where there's, mm-hmm. like, an English comedian, a couple other just kind of really alternative comedy personalities. And, and again, Gilda, like, I... Was Gilda Radner later on? Was she one of the early writers? No, no, no she wasn't one of the writers. She was uh, later on with the uh, Lemmings okay, yeah, and yeah. the radio show. But, but uh, yeah, there is the one, Natasha Leone plays the tough... Like, okay, yes, that's She's one of the original yeah, yeah. SNL writers. Okay, yeah, But yeah, yeah. Uh, she's also one of the original writers of this... Um, so they get like the whole like original gang bag, or not the original gang, but like the original group of uh, of writers, of writers for National Lampoons. And I'm supposed to know. I'm sure you're supposed to know a lot of them. There's a whole scene too where I they're mean, not really because they did actually kind of look up at least the Tommy Lennon character, and most of them it seemed didn't really like none of them went on to a career where like well he ended up writing you know. There's the thing too where it's uh, the older Doug is like at the diner where like they first start. And he's like, yeah, there was a lot of other writers, too. We just don't have time to mention. But one of the names I saw who was like, remember when all those guys were standing at the window? He's like, sorry, guys. Uh, okay, not enough time. But one of those names that I saw pop up about one of those guys was John Hughes. And I was okay, just well, like, really? I wonder if that's the John Hughes. And looked it up, and sure enough, it was. Wow. Like, writer and director, uh, writer of Home Alone, yeah, but like 16 Candles all and all that shit. Yeah. Great 80s he movies. got his start as being wow. one of the original writers on National Lampoon. That magazine. would have gotten a nod, just the fact that he turned out to be so famous. They would have made a nope. little. Joke. <laughs> he was just in the group of guys who. Because uh, what I imagine, he was probably more of a contributor. I'm sure a lot of those other names were probably famous in their names, too. Yeah. That just, uh, you know, shuffle them off. But they show the original, like, so the original gang is there. They uh, start publishing the magazine. Doesn't sell, what, great at first, but they uh, get it together. They put a gun against the dog's head, which I imagine was a very famous, uh, <laughs> yeah, a famous cover. No, that, for sure. That's again, definitely that, one of those, like, recreations of a moment where you're, you know. That's probably no, like what set be. them off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Buy this magazine and we'll kill this dog, though. That is, <laughs> that is hilarious. But the magazine really starts taking off. I guess we should have mentioned, too, that in college, Doug met a girl. He gets married to her. It just kind of shows now how much he's been working a lot. He's uh, shows that he's cheating a lot, right? Because even yeah. implied about all the pussy got in college. There's a chick that they nickname Marshmallows that works there. <laughs> so <laughs> it's implied that he's sleeping with her. He gets caught cheating. Yeah, yeah. They His show wife him. leaves him. It shows the magazine go up in success. His wife ends up leaving him. Kids caught cheating and working too much. And yeah, it that- definitely establishes that he cares way much more about his career mm-hmm. than his personal life. And, you know, he's always uh, writing jokes and banging secretaries and shows his wife curled up alone. Because then he One starts talking about wanting to start a radio broadcast, too, now. And he's okay, like, well, yes. I won't get too involved in that because I already do this. But, of course, he gets super involved in that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, the wife never stood a chance. <laughs> but then, yeah, in that same vein, though, they do start, like, a radio program, too. And this is when you get a lot of the uh, yeah, bigger the names. kind of second wave of other, you know, comedic figures in the movie, but with much more uh, famous names, like Devin said. Yeah, and this would be the names that we would know and recognize, like For Chevy sure. Chase and... Um, Bill, Bill Murray, Bill Murray John, Belushi, John Belushi, Gilda, Gilda Radner, Radner uh, and it was Christopher Guest. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, it was very interesting, like Devin said, you kind of hear all those names and think Saturday Night Live. Uh-huh. And then you're thinking, wow, this is like the original cast of some weird, quirky, like early 70s sketch radio show. Yeah, it's Not wild. kind of like putting two and two together quite yet. Exactly. You know, but it's just like you hear of all those names, put it together, and you're, you know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, you initially would think SNL or someone like me, yeah, but sure. yeah, you never think, no, I. Uh, I think of the National <laughs> Lampoon's radio show. 
And then, uh, so all this is going on. It's a lot of work for a poor old Doug. But you definitely, like, at that point, are kind of thrown into the cool element of, like, 70s comedy name-dropping. For sure. Where it's just, like, at that point, like I brought up earlier, but at this, at that kind of point, you just, like, you just don't know who's coming up next. And you're kind of, you're, like, thinking in your head, like, gee, I wonder who's going to play prior in the cameo. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 you're yeah. just expecting so many different names to keep on. For sure. And I guess another thing you would always hear about this back then, too, is, but like how like drug fueled all the National Lampoon stuff was. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. it even shows that like with doing the radio and which run the magazine and everything, it also shows how much drugs it takes to uh, <laughs> keep said operation yes. going. So he was talking about we how talked about it earlier, but shocking uh, about as much drugs as the dirt yeah. goes <laughs> down in this uh, Doug Kenny biopic. No doubt. I guess it must have just been the times because he's smoking <laughs> weed makes him sleepy. He's eating acid at work and now he can't figure out what to do. Yeah, there was that one great montage very similar to the Tommy Lee montage yeah. but uh, a montage of what's it like running nobody you take acid in the morning you smoke <laughs> weed at night don't blow all day like. but yeah tons of coke yes bunch definitely. of acid it kind of becomes, I guess you would say, overwhelming form or too much work because... Yeah, he probably shouldn't have been eating acid and, <laughs> yeah. and blowing coke all day. He would have been able to handle it a lot better. Because at this point, with the uh, radio and magazine show going, uh, he bails. You know? Yeah, pretty much just leaves a note on the uh, on the door... For his partner, Henry, that, you know, this is too much. I'm getting out of here. On the back, this is not a bit. Yeah. <laughs> As they always had to remind each other. Yeah. That everything wasn't a bit. Because that's the thing about him, too. Like, everything to him was a joke. Like, yeah. he's never serious at any point. People talk to him about it, and he's just like, yeah, well, I'm going to do talk both to normal Henry, to somebody. Yeah, they both do seem kind of funny and comedic in that annoying way where they're not necessarily funny people. They've just, like, figured out the science of it. Formula yeah, being funny, exactly. You know what I mean, we're like you wouldn't necessarily want to go get a drink with either one of these two assholes, unlike <laughs> Bill Murray or Belushi, for know? sure. But uh, Chevy Chase, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave in the uh... <laughs> yeah. Chevy Chase, I don't know if I could hang with old yeah, Chevy right. back then, dude. <laughs> but he, so yeah, he disappears. But you're just obsessed with just like the you know. Just the, the the comedy mind, you know? Yeah, no, it's like Seinfeld to an extreme. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Where, like, yeah. you see, not to, like, get too off topic, but you see Seinfeld in, like, comedians and cars getting coffee and, like, the way Seinfeld talks about comedy and, like, really, like, reveres it and, like, understands the ins and outs of it. Kind of like that, where, like, looks at, like, a formula. It's like that, but a little crazier. <laughs> Whereas, like, he's never not, yeah. like, making a pun or no, for sure. trying to do something like, silly. Like, they're establishing that there's something definitely not right in the head with this. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> so much so that he bails on his magazine. But, um... He does bail. Much like he did on his wife. Yeah. You know, he just doesn't stick around. <laughs> but Henry kind of uh, keeps the thing going. You know what I mean? You know, even though he leaves, Henry, like you said, is kind of like one of the smarter ones, the more uh, yeah. put together, not as crazy and no, off the wall. Sure. And he kind of keeps the magazine running. <laughs> they did allude to, at this one point, the effect uh, with Matt Walsh, like we said, their business manager, that they did sign some kind of like low end deal where after five years is when their mm -hmm. like big payday was really going to come. Yeah, that he would have you know, to buy them out like, for the profit. For, yeah, yeah. In, uh, in five years. So they were trying to make it to that five year point. Exactly. As well, gets yeah. established that along the way. So, and then he obviously, Doug Kenny uh, bails before that. 
but yet Henry keeps the ship uh, in motion. For no other reason, too, than that five-year contract. You well, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't know that at the time necessarily, but, you know, that's thrown in there. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to at least mention that up to this point, that there is like a five-year business deadline that they're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. So he does keep it afloat, and I guess uh, Doug just kind of comes back out of nowhere, right? Well, Doug goes on his sabbatical to Martha's Vineyard where he writes his great novel yeah. over the course of like a month. Yeah, and then, really. yeah then really just unannounced, like you said, uh, just shows back up at the office. Well, there's chaos at the office. Everyone's fighting with everyone. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he just kind of comes back in. Uh, and like you said, this is one of those things that just has to be true or else, like, why put it in there? Yeah, and as well, they mentioned they they refer to this uh, a little bit later on as well. Bill mm-hmm. Murray makes an allusion to it, which is probably another, like, exact actual scene. That I got to find out if this was a book. Because, yeah. like, there's, uh, there's way too many, like, if they're just making these stories up. <laughs> they, yeah, no, no, they no, made no. up an amazing job of this guy's life. Well, I know one thing that I looked up that's true, and I'll mention it later because towards the end. But there's a Harold Ramis quote that's in this movie that's a totally real like. Okay, he it. was heard saying at said event, which I'll bring it up later. But yeah, he does come back, uh, writes this crazy novel. This, uh, like he said, Martha's Vineyard, his dream project. This novel right, brings it back. Has Henry read it in one sitting? Makes him read it. Then reads it. Kind of looks kind of blown away by it, too, right? Like, his visceral reaction is like, oh, it looks like he was something amazing. And then he just picks it up and throws it in the trash. He's like, all right. That's <laughs> he goes, you didn't like it? All right. That was right. And this is like in the days of typewriters. Yeah. Where it's like uh, there's no backup, you know. No, that was it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just tosses this giant novel away. So then uh, it just kind of shows that he's kind of out of touch from being gone for he's so long. He's still making Nixon jokes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, They've uh, already published that. So they kind of like put him on like a little throwaway project with uh, PJ. And it was just like, you know, do this little side project that you guys are working on. Yeah, yeah. Turns out to be the National Lampoon's yearbook thing, which was like their biggest hit to date. You yeah, know what like I mean? That like, smash you, know, you put Doug on it. He's figuring out a way. <laughs> and again, it's a huge comedy hit. Like it's one of their best selling things they ever did, which, uh, now, were you familiar with? Cause I'm not familiar. Not at all. <laughs> okay, I've got no idea. <laughs> but I mean, it's implied that it was their biggest hit that everyone <laughs> yeah, knows. Yeah. And gave me another little fun fact about that though. But in the yearbook that they showed in this mm-hmm. movie, a little cameo from a young man, Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Paul Rudd's picture made One the, of the yearbook. Pictures is, yeah, Paul Rudd <laughs> picture in the yearbook. Not playing Paul Rudd, though, just someone else. That's a very David Wayne thing to do, too. Okay, I see. To have Paul Rudd in one of his... He's usually in all of his movies. I see, I see. But, um... So it becomes a big hit that five-year that five year mark hits then. And I guess the only reason I keep saying it's such a big hit is because since it sells so well, the buyout now that they have to do is like way more money than he thought it was going yeah, to be. Yeah. You know, they established that they were successful before with all their projects, but this really put them over like the you know mainstream map or whatever. Correct. And, uh, so, but he uh, convinces to get the check. You know, and they have another crazy whole Doug Kenny rock star style hopping on his desk, and, knocking like, shit over. Yeah, yeah. literally like uh, assaulting the man. Manager until, yeah. uh, Give me money! Give me money! <laughs> but they get the checks, and immediately Henry walks into his office, puts it in an oversized briefcase. <laughs> uh, but he quits. He uh, legitimately doesn't disappear for a month. He yeah, actually yeah. quits the National Lampoons, pulls the old, you told me to quit when it stopped becoming fun <laughs> uh, thing. Yeah, no, he was just trying to make it to that five years. You know, he said that... Uh, 
you know, they tried to uh, not give him the money because Doug left and yeah. didn't live up to his contractual thing. But, you know, Henry said, we've put out an episode every month. Yeah, so every magazine their, came uh, out. Nothing was ever delayed. Yeah, so they got their money, but, uh, but he is no longer, now that they have their buyout, he no longer wants to be involved with the Lampoons. Exactly. And leaves Doug to run the whole mess himself this time. Mm-hmm. Which he uh, does pretty successfully, I'd say. He keeps the thing running. And then it cuts to uh, him meeting Emmy Rossum in a bar, who I guess it's implied she's an actress who she's playing. Okay. Again, another actress I probably yeah, don't that's know. Right. I don't even know. But it is implied that she was in something yeah, yeah, on yeah. PBS. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that's just a joke I didn't get. <laughs> but he meets her in a bar, bites into a wine glass to impress her. And again hooks up with a, like a very good looking it's like yeah. another smoke show down for <laughs> yeah. old Doug Kenny I guess it's gotta be true <laughs> but at this point too uh, not only did they have the radio show and the magazine but they also started doing live stage shows now with all of their uh, the radio yeah, personality with Chevy personality Chase the they would call it the show. Lemmings and do that yep. and then you find out that SNL has just started and they've literally and this is kind of like something I didn't know I knew this is how it works, but SNL basically poached the whole National Lampoon's like team. Yeah, like, for the first season of SNL, most which of the writers that I was kind of vaguely familiar with that. Like uh, Lorne Michaels just kind of grabbed like an up and running sketch comedy team or troupe, mm-hmm. and then formed SNL out of it. But you know, I did not know that it was from such a big franchise like the National Lampoon. Yeah, and apparently uh, Doug, while while having you know pillow talk with Emmy Rossum, said that it was you know pitched to Henry or Henry like the National Lampoon's. Co- I think it was the Henry. I think it was uh, the magazine editor said no. I think it was uh, Matt Walsh. Okay, that it was pitched to, and he was like nine months ago, and we said no. Okay, yeah, they said yeah. no on it, and then and then Lauren Michaels kind of took it over from him. Or exactly, whatnot, pretty much but, just poached all. Of the lemmings, yeah, <laughs> and the All big of thing- those names that when we first heard, we go, "Hey, that's the whole Saturday Night Live crew." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it turns out that, <laughs> but it's crazy that they were all like working together in one troop. I think besides besides like Second City and uh, uh, National Lampoons, that was pretty much the whole original cast. Yeah. Of SNL, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 for sure. And now, I mean, like you said, it's kind of very synonymous and well-known that, like, you know, the big sketch comedy troops usually provide yeah. most of those big talents or whatnot. But back in the day, I kind of thought it was like – because there was also SCTV at the same time, the That's Second true. City from Canada, where uh, it was kind of like – I, I thought the I, I was kind of you know that came out around the same time of SNL, so I kind of thought that it was it was Lorne Michaels trying to compete with that, mm. but you know so I knew that it was the, a similar kind of thing, but I didn't realize that it was like the National Lampoon's big franchise. Yeah, that it, you know. So that happens. SNL, of course, is a big hit still on today. But uh, <laughs> I've never heard of it. I should check it out. Yeah, it's, it? it's not as good <laughs> as it used to be. <laughs> um, but uh, I guess his big fuck you back to them would be then Doug Kenny then writes Animal House, which turns out to be uh, the biggest <laughs> comedy movie, I think, of all time up, up to that point. 
Up to that point, definitely. Yeah. Up to this day, I think that maybe Until grandmas. Step Brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> came out. <laughs> exactly. But uh, definitely, you know, still to this day, thought of you one if you were going to make a top five list of all time greatest comedies. Mm-hmm. Animal House still going to be. And, and except we all remember my yeah. hot takes. Yeah, I was going to say, you know what hot? You know what top five list he made on Liam's uh, was top five overrated movies. <laughs> but yeah, never really resonated with me per se. More of a Billy Madison game. More of an old school guy. Yeah. However. Can definitely, you know, recognize why it's uh, so funny. Yeah, for sure. Come on, there's something hilarious about them uh, finding dates out of the obituary section. <laughs> it's uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, but, so- yeah, he makes that movie. Uh, and it's a huge hit. Huge, huge, huge. And then kind of like it still kind of shows how troubled he is with uh, going to his parents' house with Chevy Chase and... Uh, yeah, like his crusty parents are still, you know, not uh, the wrong son died. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we just uh, not taking, you know, you'd figure that that's got to be somewhat far fetched because, like, I get the like stern parents, like, oh, you're doing comedy, whatever, you're yeah, not yeah. gonna be anything. But once you once make Animal most, House, for sure, yeah, exactly, you not even like, just the most you know successful artistically, but literally when you're like a millionaire, that's exactly. a level of success that these crusty assholes seem to understand. Yeah. They're like, all right, you did it, <laughs> yeah. Like you, you, you have to have it one of the ways. Yeah. We were know? way off. Good thing you did this <laughs> instead of the thing we wanted you to do. <laughs> So it kind of just shows also, that. why do these guys care so much about what their parents think? Like, why are these guys so <laughs> yeah. devastated? Like, he just made Animal House. Like, but my dad doesn't appreciate Daddy, it. Daddy, please. <laughs> yeah, who gives a shit? <laughs> but, I mean, Diddy so much. He did show up with goats and uh, coked out Chevy Chase. <laughs> <laughs> who was always coked out in this movie? I guess that was one thing that we could get into just real quick. But just out of all of the character portrayals I brought up earlier, mm-hmm. uh, Joe McHale on Chevy Chase. Definitely, like, the most screen time, but also the most extreme person personality or uh, depiction yeah. of a personality and they have Chevy Chase played out to pretty much just be a raging cokehead yeah I believe it yeah. and also what do you think was of the fact that like literally in every scene he takes a pratfall like either intentional or unintentional I think he, which is of course Chevy Chase's like known yeah, thing but big thing I'm sure he probably <laughs> did that all the time back then too I'll but was he actually like up and like, <laughs> at, like after parties I'm sure he would do that sticky shit all the time dude <laughs> and I guess it kind of shows too of just like out of all of them like I guess from the actors wise that him and Chevy Chase seem to be the uh they seem to be the better closest, of buddies yeah. but I guess you know they're both but Chevy Chase seemed like a, yeah you know but he, I mean? he seemed he was getting portrayed even in the movie as Doug Kenny's best friend to be like a huge douchebag sure. that didn't really care. well reading about this too is because Joel McHale and Chevy Chase know each other they were both okay, on community sure. together for oh, yeah, like six right. seasons so it said that like Joel McHale like talked to Chevy Chase when he was like got this role and like Hung out okay, with him and like Chevy Chase has told him like a ton of like Doug Kenny stories okay, too. So, so. It's like this is all true. Like we did all this crazy shit. <laughs> so he got it down and he did like if you looked away from the Chevy Chase part of it and like picture it was like uh, or got away from the Joe McHale yeah. part of it and he picture it was job. Chevy Chase talking like the way he like maybe not the voice but his mannerisms and the yeah, way yeah. he was saying his thing. I felt that a lot of it it was a, it was a Dan, it was kind of Dan Aykroyd ish though as well. I felt like it was a blend between Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase. I feel like his cadence and a lot of the times where he was talking, I was I, just like, man, he's kind of doing more of an Aykroyd than a Chase. But I will say this though too, uh, I don't remember Chevy Chase and even like again us knowing him more famous now as older. We 
we think of Christmas Vacation, blah, blah, blah. But looking back, even if you watch like the old first season of SNL, I never remember Chevy Chase having that much hair. Was that like how Chevy Chase <laughs> signed off on this? Was like you can portray me like that, but uh, just, just give full me full head of hair, full blocks of black hairs, like yeah, jet black, Stamos <laughs> yeah. hair yeah, for dude. the entire movie. I looked back and also the only character that ever aged in this movie was they did various ages of Doug Kenny other than that the other characters <laughs> yeah. played the same character the entire movie yeah <laughs> no, no, no. very Irishman of them <laughs> yeah exactly um, <laughs> but yeah so Animal House comes out it's a huge hit What's his follow-up going to be? He's uh, And I guess the other reason I mentioned, too, like what a crazy person, how dark he is, because it, it kind of shows that dark artist, like he's already topped with the Animal House. What's he going to do now? Like yeah, His whole yeah. life is just, he's <laughs> peaked, I guess you would say, still unhappy, still a party animal. But Well, he, I think he saw, yeah, he was, you know, I think that maybe we might have even had a flip-flop where he might have saw the SNL success after that and was further motivated, you know, to get back at Lauren Michaels. Because remember, he Lauren Michaels offered him a job yeah, after he, did. he wrote Animal House. He's like, yeah, I know. He showed up at one of the parties and was like, yeah, I noticed you poached all of our people. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. But he uh, starts making Caddyshack, and then you just kind of find out of just like... And another, again, huge, you've always no, heard another drug-fueled montage. Yeah, you've always heard <laughs> stories about like Caddyshack and like what it was yeah, like on set. There was like a behind-the-music like, or one of those things. About for sure. How it was just like a drug party. They even say it. It was like the first time Harold Ramis has ever directed. It's the first time Rodney Dangerfield has ever been in a movie. Like <laughs> The whole thing it's is the first time that, that the guy that played Rodney Dangerfield in this movie was ever in a movie. And I guess it gets <laughs> worth mentioning, too, because like we talked about uh, when we were doing the rundown of... National Lampoon's movies is that after the success of Animal House, he quits National Lampoon. Okay, yes, because that's true. Ch- Caddyshack is a movie he writes yeah, now. Maybe that's, that's why not... he went to SNL because he, yeah, yeah, he left uh, after he was like the uh, like the post party of yeah. uh, Animal House being the biggest movie uh, with uh, National Lampoon's on the top of their game. Yeah, he quits. Tells uh, Matt while she quits. I think again he was like, "This is not a bit." <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, quits National Lampoon's. Then he writes this on its own. So I guess that's why the studio, I guess, had more involvement in this because they forced the uh, on top of all the drug going on <laughs> and the uh, no some little hilarious like Joe Pesci esque character. <laughs> yeah, like Hollywood exec is now like the guy they got to deal with. And you're right, yeah, without Mad Walsh there to be the guy to kind of take over the uh, mm-hmm. and just leave. Uh, 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 and just leave Doug to his own devices. Is and you know Harold Ramis yeah, thinks yeah. it's hilarious. Even when shit's going down, he's like looking at him, like laughing. Which again, you have to imagine it was like that. Yeah, for sure. But the studio forces, which to me is a bummer, because it's what I always remember about Caddyshack. <laughs> they forced the dancing gopher on him, like. And the dancing gopher, definitely. That's what me and for, for me and Devin seeing Caddyshack as kids. Uh, all right, <laughs> taking the headline, but yeah, that's but, always been like you know from reputation the Jar Jar Binks of like the yeah. comedy world, where it was like the real low point when uh, Caddyshack sold out art. But this is also another thing because we live in a me and Devin grew up in a world as kids from the '90s where Caddyshack is like as well top five comedy of all time. This movie, it's like it was one of those you know it was a, a 
appreciated later, I guess, because this is like painted the picture that Caddyshack they hate Caddyshack. Yeah, well, I don't and, like, know if Caddyshack so much stands that... for like er, like is against everything they believe. You know, like they hated. Yeah, he hated Caddyshack, but I don't know if it bombed when it came out. I think it might have been a hit, and not to jump too far ahead, but since we already said it, I think he might have died before like it came out. Like I think like he was there for the press release. Okay, but I, I think like before it really took off, it might have come out in theaters. But I see, I see. but he it was very much of like you know uh, the old entourage style you know uh, mm-hmm. fight for artistic freedom that they lost with Caddyshack. They yeah. felt you know because he gets banned from the set too because he gets in a he fight with the producer. The, set, the gopher gets put on. A little quick uh, thing too though is when he's fighting the producer and they go like flying out. The lady's doing the studio tour. And she's like, oh, and to the right is where Animal House was filmed, uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, this is where they're making Caddyshack. The lady who's the tour guide of that, right, is the actress from Animal House. And during the end credits of Animal House, you know how it says what they all do later on? Yeah, of Her character was, she turned out to be a tour guide in Hollywood. Oh, no And way. then she was the tour guide on the set. Oh, pretty fucking, uh, <laughs> pretty crazy. I had to look that one up. I, yeah. That was, I didn't uh, call that one out. Like, pause the movie. <laughs> is that- Wait a second. Is, uh... <laughs> no, that's a good little nod, though. That's a good little. Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. But he gets banned from the set anyway. It's banned from the set of Caddyshack, and then he really just kind of goes down a spiral where he's been living in California, I guess, at this point, after he quit National Lampoon's. Uh, the movie premiere, the press release, I guess, is going to be in New York. He goes back to New York, to have, and he calls uh, Henry, who he hasn't seen in a long yeah, time, right? Henry. At Old Pete's Tavern. Who hasn't aged a day. Yeah. He's the exact same 22-year-old that went to Harvard with him. <laughs> Literally, they don't even try to aid, try to make... They don't even put him in a suit or anything yeah. to make him look older. But yeah. I've got two kids now. And I'm, I'm a uh, family man. It's not so bad. And him I looked up. He really did just uh, quit National Lampoon's and take his, at the time, like $3 million or whatever. <laughs> That's like kind of a lot of money, I guess. But like full-on retire and like just live like a, a rich man lifestyle ever since then like, for him. he never really did anything else he was not involved in any other kind of comedic projects or anything like that you know no i think he probably just uh didn't want to be in the alignment yeah. who knows but yeah you make that three million dollar stretch <laughs> huh but uh he sees him at a bar pete's tavern to be exact and uh <laughs> they uh you can just tell that doug Steven root hangs out there yeah. what I, uh, <laughs> that's correct <laughs> what I understand. that's correct um you can just tell that Doug's a total mess now. He's worried about the movie. He saw Airplane also and was like, knew that was going to be the hit movie of that. Okay, yes. But at the same time, Caddyshack was, was coming another, out. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, pretty bummed out about that. Just going on a downworld spiral. Which, when they showed him coming out of Airplane, I kind of thought that that's a good... Uh, uh, you know, cue of when I was just talking about uh, Henry not doing anything, but I thought that they were going to say that that was what Henry just did because oh, it's yeah. such a Doug Kenny, like just full of puns and goofy silly For shit. Sure. That when he left, he was walking out all bummed. I was just like, I was thinking to myself, like, wow, like who's the guy that wrote Animal House? I mean, uh, uh, Airplane. Airplane, yeah. You know, Henry Beard, <laughs> a little stab in the back that would have. Well, but yeah. yeah, he was super bummed out that uh, Airplane was the movie that everybody was going to remember and not Caddyshack. Uh, he needed to cool off in Hawaii. Well, first he goes to the premiere, the Q&A, the uh, live thing, and uh, gets all fucked up at the bar. Comes walking in. He's a total mess. Shits all over the movie. This movie's bullshit. (laughs) And then Ronnie Dangerfield's like, hey, look at that guy. And he's like, see, it's 
stupid shit like that <laughs> that's in the movie, lo and behold, he gets a sit down, Doug. His parents are in the house. His oh, parents yeah. are in the audience. <laughs> a scolding. What are you doing here? Yeah. Invites his parents into all blacked out to come to New York. Uh, you invited us here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you find out that he uh, blacked out and didn't remember inviting his parents to the uh, <laughs> yeah. Q&A that, that he drunkenly crashes and humiliates himself at. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, yeah, he, he collapses there, has to go cool Which down. Which I would imagine isn't necessarily a true part, a true <laughs> like a true scene in the story. I hope it is. <laughs> I hope he did show that Q&A. Like, fuck he this. He that, but I, don't, yeah. I bet you his parents, I bet you he didn't really like blacked out and invite his parents there or anything. That yeah. seems like it might have been a little dramatized. For sure. Like a lot of the scenes that came through where like I bet you that is true. That one mm. was one where I said, mm, I bet you that's not true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Douglas! <laughs> Sorry, Mom. Sorry, Dad. But he does have to cool down. They uh he goes to Hawaii to finally like, get it together, sober up, get his life together. But really instead he goes down there, has Chevy Chase go down there with him. Does a hilarious, one last hilarious cocaine montage of just the two of them all fucked up and uh, throwing nuts at each other. The whole thing was hilarious. Even then, looking at it, I was like, man, they had so much fun back then. <laughs> just getting cocaine delivered in a but, pack of uh, tennis balls. That he kind of has to talk with his girlfriend then because he kind of comes to. He's talking to Chevy Chase and then like he takes the soccer blanket off of his head and his girlfriend's standing there. I mean, Rosin's standing there. And he's like, oh, yeah, Chevy left yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so he's kind of just going nuts, just yeah, doing coke, going in a downward spiral. His girlfriend has <laughs> he to. He's having delusions of <laughs> hanging out with Chevy. Who, but, but who hasn't been all coked yeah. out and had delusions <laughs> of hanging out with Chevy Chase? <laughs> <laughs> who's to say Chevy Chase wasn't there all along? <laughs> um, but, yeah, Emmy Rossum's there, kind of tells him, like, you got to cool it. It's uh, you know time to get better. He's like, all right, she leaves. He goes on a uh, – takes his Jeep out on a nice nature trail on top of a mountain. Uh, he shows decides him. to go hiking, not surfing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> I'll go hiking today. Uh, kind of shows him looking over the cliff, uh, kind of pulling it all together. And then it shows his shoes and glasses sitting on the cliff, implying that he uh, jumped off. Yes. Now, I will say the movie implies that he kills himself. Uh, the actual, in real life, uh, ruling of death was accidental. Like, it wasn't actually shown as a suicide. And Chevy Chase is talking about that at the uh, at the funeral. Because uh, I feel like they did cut away. They showed the feelings, but they kind of panned away to like them standing there. They showed him stand. They showed the old... You know, Doug Kenny narrator mm-hmm. standing there, and then... Well, it was... Shows that he's jumped off the cliff, and then it cuts to the funeral, and it's the three of them. It's Harold Ramis, Chevy Chase, and uh, uh, Natasha Leone, the writer, standing there talking about whether he did it or not. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Chevy Chase is saying. Chevy like, Chase no, is saying there's no way he would have done it. Like, Natasha Leone says, like, no, nah, I think he jumped. And then the real quote that I was talking about earlier that I looked up, Harold Ramis says he probably fell down while he was looking for a place to jump. And that's a, actually like a real Harold okay, Ramis quote that was like heard at the funeral <laughs> that he was. I think that's great too. He probably fell down while he was looking for a place to jump. <laughs> so then it shows um, the funeral scene was weird in general, though, because it I shows felt. him Doug Kenny or Will Forte standing there at the coffin and kind of like observing his yes, own yes, funeral. Yes. Like, it's a gag, and that's when Martin Maul comes in, the older Kenny. He's like, oh, you can see me? Oh, I can see you. Yeah, I'm yeah. you, asshole. <laughs> if you're me. <laughs> well, well, 
And then he even tells him, he's like, you know, just so you know, Caddyshack turned out to be a huge hit. <laughs> and then he, uh, you know, he sees how everyone's sad is. It does the whole parents, you know, look around. They're like, look how loved he was. Uh, but really, that's it. He kills himself. I mean, he dies. He's in there watching his Henry Beard shows up, starts uh, a classic uh, Doug food fight. <laughs> yeah, right. One last food <laughs> fight. Fucking dude loves food fights, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for real. And then what? Uh, Will Forte says the title of the movie, too, when he's ghost begging Henry to start a food fight. He's like, please, a futile and stupid gesture. Uh, and then it ends. And shockingly with... Uh, to me, shockingly, it seems like the kind of movie where during the credits it would have shown pictures of the real people. I feel like yeah. that was a really missed opportunity. No, that's a great call. There was definitely a good opportunity for either Because now I like an asshole. I have to start Googling or, it afterwards yeah, no, and sure. fucking looking at but the real pictures of these guys. Uh, definitely great opportunity to show the real, a Green Book style. <laughs> yeah. Show the real life picture or any f- with the blurb of them. Uh, any biopic. Yeah, yeah. Any fucking biopic. There's yeah, pictures no, of sure. the real people. <laughs> but there's not. But that is the whole uh, shebang. Yeah, that was pretty much all the, uh, one hour and forty six minutes. Gesture, yeah. a futile and stupid gesture. Again, <laughs> stupid just seems the natural one to come first. Then, speaking of stupid, we're not just here to uh, give you the breakdown of this movie. We're also here to ask each other a couple of kitschy, kitschy questions. Who, need, who needs Andre Davi? <laughs> I got this one. Uh, I got this one tonight. Kitschy, kitschy, kitschy. <laughs> Yo, let me ask you. Kitchy questions. Kitchy. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh. Kitchy questions. Kitchy, kitchy, kitchy questions. Of course, that's our uh, original lemming, Andre Davi, with the Kitchy Question song. <laughs> Hope no one poaches him up from us. <laughs> Talking to you, reeked up. Um, but of course, this is the part where uh, me and Liam ask each other a couple of uh, Kitchy Questions. Yes, we're usually uh, uh, Devin being the resident franchise uh, uh, franchise character of. How are we here. making more money off this thing, huh? <laughs> He always wants to try to parlay this one into a sequel and uh, uh, get a second or a third out of it. All right. And I'm thinking on this one, much like I've done in the past, of maybe not necessarily a sequel, but some spinoffs. I want to see the further adventures of the original SNL cast played <laughs> by these actors. You know, see the downfall of Belushi, uh, more crazy Joel McHale as Chevy Chase. Yeah, I mean, this one, there's really not like a sequel potential per se. But yeah. definitely spinoffs or definitely other, you know. Because I imagine the set of Vacation was just as crazy as Caddyshack, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, or the, the Animal House, at least, you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess we kind of got into it a little bit, but. For sure, exactly. So more of that stuff. Also, just make the other, like, real idea for a sequel is 
cut the ending where he falls off the cliff and keep the Martin Mole thing going and show the further <laughs> adventures of Doug Kenny and cleaning up his act and what movies yeah, he let's made. See how far he could have made. Yeah, let's see what else happened. Did he eventually bite the bullet and get a writing job? <laughs> he eventually at SNL? cleaned himself up and uh, yeah, got sober and went on to live a great life. I mean, biopics are kind of hard to make sequels to, especially when the character <laughs> dies at the end. But I'm they set it up for me. There's already a future version of them. What's that in between? story you yeah, know yeah. what did happen if he would have survived the real <laughs> what if story if you will but uh yeah that's really all i got for my sequels <laughs> this time but uh i would ask yeah, Liam, I mean, there's only so much you can do with a uh again a biopic where the guy <laughs> dies at the end but uh liam himself on the other hand is a guy that Likes to get a big bucket of popcorn, a big cherry Coke, <laughs> and go to the theaters for the whole theater experience. So I'm going to ask him, is this a movie that you would have seen I'd in like the theaters? I'd like to see these bright lights and moving images and, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. and a big screen, high-octane action action on the big screen. But does a futile and stupid gesture get the uh, IMAX release, the uh, <laughs> the big movie experience? You know, I think the a futile and stupid gesture is a perfect Netflix and home uh, Netflix and home territory okay where you sit at home you uh you don't even need the imdb cord for this one and you can yeah, get yeah. full enjoyment uh just on your laptop no just but in, in all honesty just the uh really you know a pretty low low uh paced you know biopic mm. not really any type adventurous scene no you know big soundtrack no big crazy uh, uh scenes to see on the bigger, uh, on the big screen for the bigger than life kind of feel, you know, definitely. Uh, and again, a pretty tidy hour and a half, so you're not exactly mm-hmm. get distracted if you're sitting at home watching. So, uh, and then as well, you're closer to your Google to uh, find out who all these people are that you've just watched about. Yeah, <laughs> sure. And it leaves you with a lot of questions. As to what did that guy make and who exactly, what what else was that actor in? But if and, this uh, had gotten a theatrical release, would this have been one you would have gone to see in the theaters or probably not? You good. know what I mean? Based just on, uh, uh, based on, you know, just the fact that it was, uh, you know, a biopic about the guy from, you know, a big comedic figure like that, an interesting kind of story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely would have piqued my interest enough where, you know, maybe p- uh, upon schedule availability, sure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I might not have like went out of my way to make sure that I saw it. But it's, it would have seemed like, you know, just like, you know, when I, I hadn't heard about it, but when we pulled it uh, out last time, I'd been looking forward to seeing it ever since then. And it sounded like a cool, you yeah, know, gotcha. being a comedy fan and just, you know what I mean, a story of a, ca- of a person that I'm not necessarily familiar in a world that I am pretty familiar with would have piqued my interest, you know. Gotcha. Uh, I don't know if it really would have gotten much mainstream buzz to like attract me to the theater. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I can't necessarily like. I, I I don't know. This would have been the kind of movie where I would have seen Will Forte on Jimmy Kimmel promoting <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. stupid gesture, but I'd be like, oh yeah, Forte, perfect Netflix movie, really. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. And I guess in saying that, would that bring us to then our official review, if you're saying a perfect Netflix movie? <laughs> uh, and I guess that will bring us to our official review, because I think I heard a Rudy's Down coming there, but I can't be sure. But I guess uh, I'll go first, because mine isn't quite as uh, complicated <laughs> as Liam's. 
where I just do a Netflix end, kind of, uh, as we all know, the Netflix end gives chill. Us the Netflix end scale. Applies to the uh, hooking up my Netflix end. It tries to apply to the movie. But this time I'm giving you guys the official Netflix end. <laughs> I'm throwing my popcorn bucket at you. That's right. I'm going crazy. It's uh, the official Netflix and food fight. <laughs> But uh, a food fight means I liked it. I had a good time. I was rolling around. Uh, I enjoyed the movie. It was an hour and 40 minutes. It wasn't too long or drawn out. It got through the story. It, uh, a lot of things that I didn't know about. Sure. And, uh, I just didn't know it was what was so synonymous with the so National So it's a food fight out name. of excitement. It's not like a food fight out of anger. Like, no, no, uh, no. It's not like Doug seeing the the, uh, the douchey assholes from the freshman mixer and throwing his food at him. <laughs> it was more like the... Uh, In the castle food <laughs> okay. fight. The Belushi food fight. I thought it was a... Uh, not like we're all depressed at the end and we need to cheer everybody up at the funeral food <laughs> fight. It was, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> we enjoyed ourselves the whole time. I was never bored with it. I uh, found the story interesting. Uh, I like a good anti-hero, a good sleaze that became <laughs> famous despite all odds. You know, it was a funny story. I think the people that uh, played the uh, famous actors that we all know did a great job, even if they didn't look like them. Except I think, the danger field. Yeah, so except the old uh, danger field. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think Joe McHale did a killer job as Chevy Chase, like we were saying. The guy that did Bill Murray was great. Uh Bill Murray was great. Joel McHale was definitely uh, uh, you almost for you almost didn't even realize it was Joel McHale. <laughs> yeah, almost. <laughs> it was that big black bushy wig. <laughs> but uh, I think Will Forte was great in it. I think the story was good. I thought it was funny too. Like I found myself laughing a lot in it. Yeah, uh, yeah. there was plenty of parts that I like laughed at. So all in all, I give it a Netflix and food fight, which means because uh, <laughs> I really like, I liked it. As these movies go, the, and again, uh, even talking about the Rotten Tomatoes review. Earlier, it's uh, such a rare that we're not watching yeah, a twelve percent yeah. stink bomb that I have to look for uh, <laughs> yeah, no, the for things sure. I like about it. No, that's to, true. That's true. This one, I, I guess, to give you mine uh, to jump in to jump along in there with them. I'll give you mine. Where of course I go for the four point system. Where <laughs> if I uh, if I absolutely hated it, I give it the Nick Cage from Mandy. If I uh, if I if I hated it, if I didn't like it, however, I give it the David Allen Greer, Damon Wayans, David Wayne films. <laughs> the uh, uh, men on films hated it. Hated it. All right. If I liked it, however, I give it the Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hell yeah! And if I absolutely loved it, I give it the Rudy's de- the aforementioned Rudy's <laughs> dad. This is the most beautiful sight piece of ice I've ever seen. Which uh, uh, I guess the only thing to get a Rudy's dad so far is uh, was what Stranger, Stranger things, things, which I stole. and that was by Devin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've yet to give a, a, a Rudy's dad. Uh, uh, and will futile and stupid gesture be the first? <laughs> I'm thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it a good old fashioned Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> hell yeah! Uh, hell yeah! Uh, where to judge? Just to piggyback along with Devin real quick. I uh, as well really enjoyed it. You know, it was definitely. 
certainly entertaining and fun. It kept you going. Uh, just the story itself was interesting as well as entertaining. Uh, the movie was funny, like Devin said, where there mm-hmm. was, you know what I mean? Like, it was just coming at you from a lot of different enjoyable angles. I do want to just give it a little bit of, you know, uh, of a clarification, uh, a stipulation, I guess, a little bit on my, uh, hate, on my uh, hell yeah here. No, I almost <laughs> kind of hated it. <laughs> no, I mean, because I definitely really enjoyed it. However, I really enjoyed it as, you know, kind of like a uh, goofy C-raid kind of biopic. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, because Devin always likes to point out that I gave Roma a hell yeah. I've given Stranger <laughs> Things a hell yeah. So this, maybe not like as enthusiastic of a hell yeah as like a Stranger Things where I'm not necessarily going to run out and tell everybody that they have to go and watch this movie. Sure. However, from watching it for the hour and a half, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know what I mean? It kept me interested. It kept me entertained. Mm-hmm. There were parts that were, uh, uh, you know what I mean, informative. There were parts that were funny. Like you said, the actors all did a really good job. It was like, uh, we've talked about it before, but just cool to see different famous characters getting portrayed. It was cool to see different contemporary sure. actors just in the movie. Uh, uh, so there was just, you know, it was an enjoyable hour and a half about very cool subject matter and a story that you're not really, you know, uh, aware, uh, you know, fully aware of. Exactly. So it is catching you by surprise uh, uh, along the way a little bit. But, you know, just all in all, uh, uh, really enjoyed it. And by the end of it, I felt a stone cold Steve Austin, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I would feel be the appropriate, you know. I couldn't rightfully give it a hated it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, no. Like, just because it didn't, it wasn't as good as Stranger Things. I couldn't give it a, I couldn't, you know, no, rightfully I, I, give it a hated I it. I agree with you in this one. I feel like this one warrants a uh, stone cold. <laughs> Where uh, some things don't, some <laughs> things... Uh, it's been a while since you haven't hated it either. I think uh, Irishman, I think... Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I know Adam Sandler, you gave it a hated it. Uh, there's been a few hated it's lately. There hasn't been that did many. I hated, uh, did I hate it? Did I hate it? Ridiculous Six? I love Ridiculous Six. <laughs> I think you might have hated Irishman. <laughs> I don't remember, so look back to those episodes if you want to remember those. I remember, however, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> but uh, No, but I mean, a lot of times my hated it are reserved for movies that I didn't really hate. Yeah, 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 but didn't want to give them a Roma review. <laughs> but I yeah. can't give them a, uh, I can't give them a, uh, I can't in good faith give it a hell yeah. This one, I can't in good faith give it a hated it. So I'm going to have to give it, instead of giving it an enthusiastic hated it, I'm going to have to kind of give it like a lukewarm. Oh hell uh, yeah! Hell yeah! Uh, hell yeah! I'm gonna give it a heck yeah! You know? <laughs> oh heck yeah! <laughs> but that's our uh, official uh, review breakdown of this movie, a futile, stupid gesture, which uh, would usually lead us into uh, having Brad Pitt scream at us. <laughs> What's in the box? But we promised you guys. Uh, after the end of The Irishman, that heading into 2020, there's so many new Netflix stuff coming out that we want to start uh, mixing the box up a little bit, getting some new ones in there. Yeah, we were going to have the new the, the new Netflix and, and Chad draft where we talk about all the movies from 2020 that are getting thrown in the mix. But in that same vein of there is new Netflix movies out there now, there's also 
big uh, time of year here at the uh, Geeked Up Podcast Studio, but Oscar season is right around the corner. Yes. Which and, is a, and we here at Netflix have done it again. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we have another movie in the Oscar nominations for Best Picture. We do. And I guess in honor of Roma, which started this whole bad boy off one year ago, mm-hmm. we are going to be given a golden ticket to this year's best movie nomination correct and uh so what we're going to be watching for and it's going to be a big crossover because i guess before we announce what netflix movie we're watching which is the big oscar coming up soon uh, two poops (laughs) (laughs) but coming up soon on of course the geeked up podcast we have our winter movie preview coming and then on right on top of that, also we have our big Oscar special. So this is kind yes. of a a mixed crossover so episode, be on the if you will, for those. because the movie we are watching is a Marriage Story. A Marriage Story, yes. I didn't want to. Liam can't stop clamoring about this fucking thing. <laughs> He's got the guy from Star Wars in it. And he was pretty good. The guy, the that guy never from cuts Star Wars and the chick from uh, Avengers. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be a hit. Kylo Ren and Black Widow. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fucking dark and. Adventure classic. Here. But, uh, oh boy. We're here. We'll see. It uh, looks dark, but it's on the thing. It was either that, I guess, it was interesting, though, is uh, the two poops, as Liam said. <laughs> two poops has some Oscar uh, credentials. Oscar Buzz, not nominated for Best Picture, but two nomination for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor. Uh, yeah, I mean, which, Sir Anthony How Hop- does that Sir happen? Anthony Hopkins has made a, a Netflix movie. Where so. a movie's about, literally in the title, two guys. Both have said two guys are nominated for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor, but not Best Picture. <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, Come on. What's going on? But uh, Marriage Story really is all the buzz as well right now. A lot of people are, uh, are talking about what a great movie that was. I feel like it's kind of a little bit of a late addition to mm-hmm. this year's you know, Oscar flock as well, having kind of been released a little bit more recently. So it's a little bit more contemporary yeah. at the moment than some of these other you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which For we've sure. already covered on Geeked Up, or The Irishman, which we've already covered on Netflix and chat. I know, well, I know. I guess all of the why ho- couldn't 1916 be a Netflix <laughs> original movie? <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> but uh, but I guess as well that uh, 1917 and all the other movies we'll be covering on our Oscars preview special. Yes, and as well, so the aforementioned Star Wars will be getting a breakdown on our geeked geek up winter movie preview. Which will be coming up uh, uh, next. So for sure, so definitely be on the lookout for all of that. A lot of uh, big uh, movie announcements, yeah, coming for the winter movie preview. A lot of uh, Oscar talk coming up, like you said. Uh, Marriage Story is what we'll be watching, so look forward to all that coming up very soon. We're happy to be back from the holiday break. Um, I guess that'll be it for this episode. I'm Devin Barnes. Tempting, tempting. (laughs) That was Liam Whalen, (laughs) the Henry Beard himself, and... uh, I think we're going to leave you with the... See, I uh, thought you were going to go, by the way, to uh, to the stupid to my futile. <laughs> oh, that would have been good. Uh, I'll give you a better one to close it out then. I'm Devin Barnes, and closing this out the with Doug me... to my Kenny? Is the gopher to my Bill Murray. Liam <laughs> 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 <Leo> Whalen. <laughs> Here's a nice psychedelic intro to uh, Kenny Loggins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally, there's a minute intro to this song. Just There it is. <laughs> you can start shaking. Start doing the gopher twist. Yeah.
Here's Devin's favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> Let's turn the hole. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta get through a real minute of that though. To, uh, Caddyshack is definitely one of those movies where there's, I know, tons of quiet. Like I, I, I don't think, I've seen that Caddyshack like twice in my life, and I was in like seventh grade. But I still know a million different quotes from the movie. It's just that like, was funny. I probably know more quotes from Caddyshack too. Just <laughs> because it was like on more when I was a kid, like on TV, like HBO or something. Chevy Chase was still. Because what? Uh, uh, Rodney, not in Caddyshack too. They got Jackie Gleason playing Rodney, right? And then Chevy only makes like a brief cameo. Chevy's in very briefly, and Dan Aykroyd plays Bill Murray's yes, role. Dan Aykroyd plays Bill That's right, Bill Murray's not in it. Dan Aykroyd has got to go for <laughs> Aykroyd, I felt like. Where was Aykroyd where all this was going on as well? Was Aykroyd, like, he felt like, I thought he was like a Second City guy. Well, he was, he was in an early or... SNL guy. Was he, he was first like... season SNL or no? Was he, like, so. later on? Was he later? Was he, like, with Jane Curtin in that? Jane Curtin first season? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess it's like right I think that first season. I mean, like those Conehead sketches had to be late 70s, early 80s anyway. Yeah, you know. True. And then when did Eddie Murphy pop along in SNL? That was a little 80s. more 80s. Like, he was in SNL uh, when Lauren Michaels wasn't there. When, like, Lauren Michaels stepped away. Oh, we've got a few years psychedelic interlude here. <laughs> <laughs> this is when the gopher's tongue <laughs> pops out. <laughs> Man, this is Kenny Long. Thank God Kenny Loggins had the, like the good 15 seconds of the song, or else it wouldn't be the number one smash movie hit. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and thank God there's a uh, big suit, big cat producers knew to put the code for it. Belushi has a shockingly less impressive IMDb when you look at it as well. Yeah, well, then he died. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, but he would have been. Uh, I thought that he had like a couple more movies in the His career, his career yes. really was cut short. For sure, yeah. It was. Uh, shocking news to everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, There's no I, new pollution. I got another high take. Another hot take. <laughs> Belushi's career cut short, but. You know, I was just under the impression that he had like a fucking whole bunch of like classic movies. No, that's Jim Belushi. <laughs> there was another. I'm thinking of Curly Sue. <laughs> Jim Belushi. Well, I mean, the Jim Belushi Blues Brothers, uh, pretty solid as well. <laughs> With Aykroyd, mind you, I believe. Well, I think John Goodman took over the role at some point. Oh boy. A long song. <laughs> song feels longer than the movie. And we cut out the first minute for fuck's sake. It's <laughs> yeah, true. All right, I'm not gonna say anything else. What's up, y'all? This is Mr. Woo Baby himself, Andre Davi. You're listening to the Geeked Up Podcast on SoundCloud. Yeah, and I'm still taking those episode 10 emails, y'all. Woo! Music and gaming, you know what I'm saying. Comic books and tech, stuff you ain't up on.